Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Rainbow Tapes. I am your host, Liam Koji, and today we are going to talk about, uh, Hyanna. I, okay, so Hyanna is one of my favorite artists, without qualifier. Like, not one of my favorite K-pop idols, not one of my favorite pop artists, like, one of my favorite artists. Like, when she releases new music, I am excited, even when it's shit like Mapulera, um, which we'll get there. But, um, you know, let's just, like... I wanted to take a little mus- a little little journey through Hyanna's career. Um, cuz honestly it's kind of wild. Um and uh I feel like we should probably start with okay. So Hyanna debuted in 2007 as part of Wonder Girls under JYP Entertainment. Um she was on one song, the debut song Irony, and she did a couple of seasons of a reality show on MTV before she had to withdraw due to fainting spells, I believe, caused by, like, colitis. Um, which is going to come back into play later on in her career. Um, so, after she pulled out, about a year later, she joined a new entertainment company called Cube Entertainment. Um, Cube Entertainment was founded by... Um, the former president of JYP Entertainment, um, Hong Sung Sung. Um, and actually people thought that it was a, uh, subsidiary of JYP at the beginning because, um, I mean, honestly, I assume that they, um, that some people followed, uh, Hong into Hong, what he established his own company. Um, and so, when Hyanna signed, they literally started to form the group 4-Minute around her. So, in development, 4-Minute was known as Hyanna Group. Um, so, actually, one of the members of Sistar was meant to debut in 4-Minute, which is sort of an interesting little tidbit there. Um, which, I mean, I think I kind of want to go through, like, a, do an episode like this about Sistar as well. Um, because I used to look, I used to look so forward to their, uh, summer songs. I miss them. Um, anyway, so 4 Minute debuted in 2009 with the song Hot Issue, which is, like, widely regarded as, like, one of the best debuts in the, um, debuts in K-pop. Um, immediate success, they charted at number three. Um, I was not around for this, but I, I know the song and it, it's like not even I knew the song and basically what the song sounded like before I listened to the song on its own. Like that is how prevalent and pervasive it is in K-pop even to this day. Um and also I for some reason have this like clip of one of the stages from promo- from the that promotion. Um they're wearing backpacks. I don't know what was going on there. So I will say that Four Minute debuted with a fairly, um, with a fairly generic concept, if we're going to be perfectly honest. Um, it does remind me a lot of Sistar's concept at the beginning. It was similar to, um, Wonder Girl's first concept, and, uh, <coughs> it just, you know, it, when you go back and listen to, like, their music up until... I would say probably 
2012. It's almost indistinguishable. Um, and so, like, it was an immediate success because people... And Hiano was a large part of that. And if you, like, you go back and watch, like, other older videos, um, you know, it, you can tell that she... I mean, she's the center, so obviously she's going to be, like, front and center there. But, you know, there's a little bit of, like... Towards the beginning, there's, like, a little bit of a... Um, difference in their stage presence. Hiana is first and foremost a performer, and that's a, that's been one of her defining characteristics her entire career. Um, and so she immediately sort of took the spotlight, but honestly, at this point in their career, it was fairly evenly distributed. Distributed. It's not until later on that it really becomes like Hiana and friends. Um, which is, like, one of the criticisms that the group received, uh, particularly at the end. Um, we'll get there, but one song, literally, like, it's basically a Hyanna song. Um, and they released two more title tracks that year, um, Music and What a Girl Wants, and both are part of that same style. Um, also, so, Hyanna was known from Wonder Girls, but it should be noted that Wonder Girls' debut did not... It did well, but that it's... If you go back and watch Irony and, like, listen to Irony, it... does not sound like Wonder Girls. Um, and it didn't really do particularly well commercially, although it is iconic, looking back on it. And, you know, Wonder Girls was the first of, like, what would become the big three girl groups to debut. Because the big three girl groups of the second generation would have been Wonder Girls, um, Girls' Generation, and 21. And they debuted in that order. And so, like, Hannah had, like, a pretty, like, explosive debut there. Um, and so, like, that fame did help, but it also, like, she didn't, she wasn't carrying the baggage of that brand or that concept with her. And so it was fairly malleable. Um, although there are some stylistic differences because, again, the founder of one of the founders of Cube Entertainment came from JYP. Um, but yeah, they released music and What a Girl Wants. And quite frankly, eh? I mean, they're good. And like, I, you know, I get it. And like, they did well. Um, music debuted at, or charted at number two in Korea. What a Girl Wants charted at number six. So, they already have, like, a string of three hits, like, three top ten hits within a year of their debut, um, which is wild. And it's something that we're starting to see again in the fourth generation, but, like, in the third generation, that just did not happen. Um, like, that sort of immediate success. Especially for Cube, because, oof, yikes. And we'll kind of get to that later. We'll touch on that later. Um, and then in 2010, they released uh, two to three more title tracks. I don't know what Superstar is meant to be. But that did not do super well for them. But, you know, um, H-U-H, Hit Your Heart, and um, I'm My, Me, Mine, both, again, charted in the top ten. Like, at this point, like, these girls are, like, honestly, in their second year, fairly well established in the industry. And, like, looking back on it, 4 Minute was one of the primary groups. Like, 
you had the big three, obviously, and there were groups like Kara and Sistar and Forminate. Like, those were the names, that, those were the groups that people were talking about. Those are the girl, girl groups that, like, people cared about and were doing well. And honestly, like, Kiana, um, one point started to begin uh, some promotions in America, but that didn't go well because she doesn't speak English. Uh, <laughs> which is wild to me for, like, A, coming from JYP. She was a JYP trainee, and, that like, the Western market has always been a, sort of a priority for them. And so for one of their trainees to not speak English super well um, is kind of funny to me. But, uh, and then, um, but yeah, so Four Minute was, like, that group. Um, and at this point, like, Hyanna was a star, but Hyanna was not Hyanna. Um, and that started to change with the release of Change. Ooh, God, I hate myself. Ignore that. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so she released her first solo, Her she had her solo debut in 2010 with the song Change, which is a fever dream to go back and watch because it's very much not Kenna. It's very sort of dark. And her brand is not that. It's very bright and very almost cartoonish. Um, like, the song is very strange to, like, go back and, like, listen to and, like, watch the video for because it's, like, what was going on. It's a very generic, like, sort of urban-leaning um, electro-slash-dance-pop track. I mean, it sounds like 2010. Like, it sounds 2010 came into the room and slapped you in the face. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's a good song for what it is. Like, it, it is what it is. Um, but that was when the trajectory of her career sort of started to change. Um, and then in 2011 was when really her career, the trajectory of her career changed forever in 2011. Um, so four minute, I mean, uh, the group released two more hits, Heart to Heart, which charted at number five and then Mirror Mirror that charted at number two. And honestly, I don't... These songs, again, they sound like all their previous releases, if we're going to be perfectly honest, which is, like, great. You know, Cube with consistency? Like, who would have thought? Um, <laughs> so, but also, at a certain point, uh, Hong was... Hong, the, one of the founders, was... Uh, was um, pushed out, I believe. There was a whole thing. It, you know, Cube, as you enter into, like, the third generation, just really, really lost its way. Um, it's a wonder that they have any success at all at this point. Because they also debuted another... They debuted a boy band around the same time that they debuted 4 Minute. And, um... Actually, okay. So. They debuted, um, Beast the same year as four minute or the year after no same year um and now they're known as highlight and they form their own agency and everything and like they're one of the most successful boy bands especially honestly without qualifier they've done really well for themselves um so that's great um and then so he was like doing well at this point um which again we'll get to it but not always the case so after that but 
Okay, so in 2011, she also... Let me see what the timing is here. Um... So, Hyuna made her solo comeback in 2011. Um, I want to say in the summer of 2011, July 5th, to be exact. Um, with... Okay, this is one of my favorite songs. Um, Bubble Pop. Bubble Pop was a cultural reset. It was a seismic shift in the industry. Like, it, it was a moment. And it was also super controversial, which is really weird because it's such an innocent song and such an innocent video. Um, especially given what the what, what AOA would debut with the next year. But I believe there was problems with some broadcasters in Korea over this music video, and it's kind of insane. Um, although her butt is a vocal point of the dance. But I mean, she has a cute little butt, so might as well, you know, show it off. Um, but no, so... Bubble Pop was life-changing for everyone or for everyone involved. It was life-changing for her. It was life-changing for the agency. It was life-changing for anyone who's ever listened to it. It was life-changing for Family Guy, who decided to <laughs> parody it to some controversy. But, um, no. So this, like, is also where we start to see the establishment of the Hyanna brand that we know now. Where it's sexy and bright. Um, and that's honestly like where I like to see her. And this also really when we start to hear her, um, chipmunk voice for the first time, um, her so-called chipmunk voice. Um, I believe Cube brought Ellie from Exit, EXID in to train Hyanna in rapping. And, um, Ellie is also known for that sort of, uh, nasal falsetto rap style um and then you see it really come through in cubes um subsequent rappers as well um so this was like a really big shift in a lot of ways because her chipmunk voice became a major part of her brand and then you know started to influence the agency at large um and i almost i feel kind of bad because like ellie like so Ellie would debut in EXID, I believe, that year. Um, and honestly, like the group faltered until Hani went viral for her dance. Um, so I feel bad that like Ellie helped Hyanna find this sound and then, you know, Hyanna ran with it and found like major success and Ellie and her group struggled for a few years. I think it was I think they debuted in twenty eleven and they didn't hit until twenty fourteen. Um, when they were close to disbandment because they were not doing numbers. So, I feel bad. And then at the end of the year, um, we get into Troublemaker. Okay, so this was... Actually, I want to say her first number one. Like, as part of any group. Um, so Troublemaker was a project, um, subunit with her... Her and um, Hyunsung from uh, Beast. So I also believe that he was... I believe that Hyunsung was the one who did not 
leave cube with the rest of beast um because when it came to like the next time that she formed a subunit with um members of other groups she decided to do something new and at that after having been offered to go back to troublemaker but this is another iconic song because this is another song where like I think tonight might have been the first time that I've actually listened to it in full. And not only did I know what the chorus sounded like, I knew some of the choreography to it. Which again is sort of like how pervasive a lot of her work is just sort of culturally and like within K-pop and it's wild. Um... I don't really have much to say about it because it's not really my favorite song, but, you know, it is it was an important milestone for her career. And this is when you start to see her sort of pushed more than her um, groupmates. Because when you get into 2012, they only, 4Minute only had one comeback. Um, and it was basically a piano music video with four girls around her. Like... It, it, she was very much the star of the video and it was very plainly obvious that um, she was the agency's priority. Um, and so this charted at number two, which tied like their um, their highest charting single. Um, and it also is sort of, it's one of my favorite uh, four minute songs. It's one of the ones that I do actually go to. Um, but it also sort of, you start to see the improvement in production in production with the song. And so this I feel like would sort of mark like the second phase of Four Minutes Career. And I would sort of say that there are three phases of it. There was debut through 2011, which all had like very similar late 2000s, early 2010s, like electro pop vibes um, with more urban influences, and then you get into volume up where we start getting into more of a dancey vibe from them. Um, and, you know, that video is a bit of a departure for them as well. Um, a lot of their videos had been, again, very urban, and I need to, like, I need to find a better word for that, because urban is just sort of, there's some problematic undertones there, but I don't know what else to use. Um, but, and like, or like very, you know, like very, I'm just going to say urban. And um, this was sort of, this video took place in sort of a, um, almost like ruins. It looks like ruins of a church or a palace or something. Um, it was really pretty. I really like it a lot. Um, and they weren't dressed hideously, which is also a departure. <laughs> I... I'm in a mood today, sorry. Um, and in 2012, they also released an, uh, they also released a remix of um, Over and Over by RT, who, um, I don't know if he was at the time, but I believe he signed to the Black Label under YG. Um, and he works a lot on, like, Blackpink songs and really all YG umbrella artists. Um, and he actually released one of my favorite songs of, I want to say it was 2016? called what you're waiting for with onda so good if you haven't heard, listened to that like go listen but i mean that tried at 20 it wasn't a comeback it was just sort of existed um 2012 
this was a moment for her. Um, she was featured in the video for Gangnam Style. Um, you know, one of the most uh, well-known records globally. Um, she was featured in a video that broke records on YouTube and still has like, is still up there in terms of like ranking, in terms of ranking. Um, the visibility was wild. Um, and I also think this is when they tried to promote her in America. I don't know. Um, cause I know she did like a funnier die video in 2013 with Rita Ora because, um, they used what's your name and she was in like a Chevy commercial. I don't know. It was all very strange. And I remember her doing interviews and like barely being able to communicate. It was very, it was wild to watch. And it was also like a very different time because like for us now seeing twice on Kelly Clarkson, not being able to communicate directly with her because I don't speak English. Um, that's just normal. Cause like also like BTS only RM spoke English. Um, this was not normal in like 2012, 2013 when she was doing her promotions here. Um, but she also released um, a remix version of Gangnam Style with Sai um, called Opa Just My Style. Um, didn't do well. Sort of cringe. Not gonna lie. Um, Cube has a habit of like doing, inserting their artists into like super cringy situations. Um, early on in the, in four minutes career, there's a, uh, there's a video of a cover of, uh, ice cream by Khalees and it was bad. <laughs> the pronunciation just like, isn't there. And it's like, not something like mock or anything, but at the same time, like if you're going to have your artists like cover songs in other languages and this like goes for. American artists as well, because I've seen some, like, really cringy, like, covers in foreign languages, and it's, like, if you're going to do sort of a higher-profile cover, especially, you know, bring someone in, make sure the pronunciation is there, because otherwise it's just gonna be, and I mean, like, even, like I said, like, this goes for Americans as well, bit of a different context, but I, one American actor was in a movie with Jackie Chan, and it was, um... He said something in Cantonese, and Cantonese is a very uh, um, tonal language. And it became a running joke because he meant to say one thing, and it ended up coming out as something having to do with poop. Um, I don't remember, and I have to look it up. Um, I'm going to look it up, and I will update you on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, so... Yeah, so she was featured in Gangnam Style, in the Gangnam Style video. Um, which also, we're going to end up circling back around to Psy as well. Um, so no, so... And then after that, she released Ice Cream. And this is not what I meant when we were circling back to Psy. Because Psy was featured in this video. This, I think, might be my least favorite of her solo title tracks. Um... It's fine. It's colorful. It's, you know, sexy. It's, it's Hyanna. It is what Hyanna does. Um, and it did, it did pretty well in Korea. Um, I mean, like, believe it or not, I did my research going into this. Um, I have chart positions for 
every other song that I have list that I have written down here, except for Ice Cream. And I don't know why. Oh, it was produced by Brave Brothers. I love Brave Brothers. Um, but uh, gone. It was number one in Korea. It was you know. Hyuna's moment began with bubble pop and it just sort of continued until things started to get shaky with four minute. Um, and so in 2013, you have, uh, what's your name by four minute, which is their first number one. Um, and like I said, I remember Hyuna doing a funnier die video with Rita Ora and, um, what's your name is playing in the background. And also, like, this video is iconic. It, the scenes with, like, the sort of, um, there are the, I forgot what the, um, name of the fabric was, but it was everywhere. It was sort of a chiffon fabric and, like, sort of, like, a slouchy, I will, again, look it up and it'll be up on my, uh, TikTok. Um, it's iconic. Um, so anyway, and then they released Is It Poppin, which was like sort of a special release in the summer. It was sort of off concept and it was acknowledged by the, um, agency, but it was a good enough song to release. And honestly, I'm happy they released it, um, which is something they've done with like their subsequent groups as well. Um, but it is... It's another one of my favorites. It's another one of my like go tos when I go to when I go back and listen to Four Minute. Um, and then she also released Now as part of Troublemaker at the end towards the end of the year. It didn't do quite as well. It charted at nine. I don't like it. I. It is what it is. We're moving on. Um, but uh, then in 2014. 2014 was another big year for uh, Hyuna and Forminate. So they released a song called Apparently Gain Weight. I have never heard of the song, and I found this on, through Wikipedia. I cannot find a video. Um, not going to lie. Sounds like something that would be uh, sort of... Uh, it feels like something that would... Um, be taken down because of controversy. Um, so we're just going to gloss over that one. But what you doing today? Huge moment for them. Um, I believe it was their second number one. Um, which, you know, love that for them. Um, and. Uh, oh, I'm going to retract something I said. The video for uh, what's your name? I got the conv I got the videos for what's your name and um, what you do in today mix up. Um, I mean, still, anyway. But then here's another sort of seismic shift for Hyuna. Um, she released Red by um, Red at the end towards the end of the year or during the summer, sorry. And that is sort of where her brand was refined. And this is one of my favorite songs, period. I, every time it comes on, I get super fucking hyped. The video is everything. 
and it perfectly encapsulates where we were as almost as a society at that point at that point in 2014 um it was very on trend but in a sort of timeless way where like everything was of the moment but like looking back on it i'm not like oof what were we doing here um and you know i mean even the way that she spoke about it was very brand building um because like the sort of basis of the song is a korean nursery rhyme where it's like um like a monkey's but i'm red like it's sort of like a sort of it's a kind of association nursery rhyme um and so you know that was to start associating her with the color red um because she wants to wanted to be associated with like a bright vibrant color um so that was like really smart um and then 2015 is the year that i actually discovered four minute and yana um they released a pre-release called cold rain and it's a ballad and i listened to it a couple of times um i don't love k-pop ballads um i feel like with ballads it's important to sort of be able to connect with the words and i don't speak korean so it's sort of a difficult sell for me um it's a pretty song it just doesn't super resonate with me so i don't really i can't really speak on it um but what i can speak on is the title track crazy like i that is one of the phrases that i know in korean for a reason um this is one of the greatest songs ever recorded it's one of the greatest videos ever shot like it is perfect and this was a brand shift for them because up until this point like so this is like where they sort of enter into their third phase and the shortest phase of their career as a group um this sort of more hip-hop leaning like fashion situation um which we will see later pop up again later but um this was a really big shift for them. Like, the video was honestly super simple. It was... Oh, my God. It was great. And it charted at number three. It was a bit of a sensation. It was so good. You know, honestly. And, like, it was good enough for... Like, I was reading about it in American media. That is where we were at at that point. Um, It's so good. It's... I mean... I, words cannot describe it and then she went and like it got even better with um her solo release this year called roll deep um which was very much a hip-hop song um and i remember reading about it on billboard and billboard was and billboard and billboard was describing it as was comparing it to miley cyrus um which i don't really see the similarity beyond the space buns but whatever um it, this remains one of my favorites. Again, like, there's a reason that I describe Hyanna as one of my favorite artists without qualifier. Like, she is one of my favorite artists. Like, I'm literally talking about these this music and everything that we've really been talking about since 20... Since Bubble Pop in 2011. I love. And, like, I know well. And I go back and listen to you all the time. Like, I watch the video for Bubble Pop at least once a week. 
um and that's not even me going out for it like i've watched it so much in the past that it keeps coming up in my algorithm on youtube like you know these are some of this is some of my favorite music and you know roll deep is part of that um roll deep was also featuring i want to say a b2b member i can't remember the feature because i also watched the um so I would watch like the performance videos more than the um more than the music videos, if we're going to be honest with this one. Um so it was featuring Jonggu Hoon from B2B. However, and this is this is an important note. Um some of the live performances featured Edon from a boy band yet to, um that had not debuted yet called Pentagon. Um we're gonna stick a pin in that. Like, remember that name, Edon? And, um, yeah. Uh, I don't, also, like, I don't know what that stage name came from. It doesn't matter. And this isn't about him. Um, so, yes, Roll Deep made, like, a major impact on me. Um, and this is also, like, when I started sort of discovering K-pop as an industry. It was something that I would, I had sort of avoided because really the stigmatization around it but you know when it became like crystal clear like there had been you know points before like with crazy crazy came out in early 2015 um sisters touched my body in 2014 like you know little sort of incursions um but this is when i sort of started discovering the industry it was around the same time that amber released shake that brass um and you know around the same time that uh Red Velvet released Dum Dum. Um, so, and I also sort of associate it with that and associate it with that time in my life, which was like kind of a cooler li- time in my life, if we're going to be honest. Um, so yeah. And then in 2016, 4 Minute released my favorite song of theirs um, called Hate. So, this is peak Hyanna and friends. Um, Hyanna sings, Hyanna raps, Hyanna has the bridge, Hyanna has the intro, like, Hyanna has everything. Um, no, she doesn't have the intro. Um, someone else does, and it's fucking stunning. She's in a bathtub with the blonde hair, and so pretty. Um, like, the music video is fucking gorgeous. Um, you know, starting from the trees with the red yarn sort of strung about and the desert that Hyanna is randomly in or the big clock um, or and then like the big red room like you know it's stunning it reminds me it is a Blackpink video basically um, and then the song was also produced by Skrillex and so this is 2016 I believe this is around the same time as um Jack U with Diplo, that the his project with Diplo, um, and the song uh, "Where Are You Now" with Justin Bieber that was like a massive international hit. So like Skrillex was in his element at this point, and like the song really sort of like it was a roller coaster of a song. Um, this song did not do super well for them. It charted at thirteen, but it really did sort of push the boundaries for K-pop at the time. Um, cause it was a bit of an experimental song and this was, 
you know, when you look back at K-pop over the last couple of years, the so-called like roller coaster sound is sort of a trend. Um, and you particularly see it with Ives 2 releases, but you know, this is before that. So it opened up almost as a ballad. And then all of a sudden you get into this like huge kind of dubby chorus where they're basically screaming, I hate you. <laughs> I love it. It's very on brand for me. Um, and so, it, but it was so good, but unfortunately this was also their last release as a group um they were they basically like announced their disbandment out of nowhere and i mean this was the seven-year curse so-called because most k-pop um contracts are seven years but people assumed that the group basically at this point i want to say b2b and four minute we're really keeping cube afloat here and henna um which that's something to keep in mind henna was keeping the agency afloat um because at this point they had debuted pentagon who did not do well and clc who also did not do well um cube would not find success again until fourth generation they would find some like modest success with pentagon but for the most part you know hiano was keeping them afloat because g idol was you know not there yet really um and g idol would be like the next successful group that they debuted and i actually don't think they've debuted another boy band since pentagon i feel like they cut their losses there um anyway so her first solo release as like an actual soloist was How's This? Um, and that charted at number five in Korea, and I believe that was her last top ten until 21. Um, she okay. So this is when things take like a bit of a weird turn for her career. Where like she was not as commercially successful, but there's some of my favorite releases from her. Once she like you know, after she sort of went fully solo um she started taking more risks because she was not the one holding the group up and she also sort of had a hand in artist development at this point as well um so yeun the rapper in clc has a very similar rapping rap style to hannah um and then when uh so we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, so she released How's This? It tried at number five. It was not very popular online, but, you know, online versus the real world. There's often a discrepancy. Um, so, I mean, this was an iconic era for me because not only did we have How's This, which was sort of a departure for her sonically, and a little bit uncommon for... It was more of a hip-hop sound than really K-pop was going for at the time. K-pop is... Is and honestly always will be more of a dance-based industry. Um, but, you know... And, like, the music video felt very 2005. She was wearing... She was wearing, um... God, what are the... What was the trucker hat company? Um, doesn't matter. She was wearing a trucker hat with, like, a very 2005-looking, uh obey dress like this video is iconic 
And then we also have the B-side um, that was performed at music shows. Okay, so there were two B-sides performed at music shows. There's Freaky, which is the one that I love. And then I think it was called Morning Glory, um, which was so good. Um, but because Morning Glory also, I mean, like not for nothing has is her singing in her natural voice and at this point people are getting tired of the chipmunk voice for some reason it's like one of those things where like something you know somehow sometimes like an artist brands themselves with with something and it does really really well until it doesn't and then people sort of get tired of it and then all of a sudden later on they're like well where'd it go and then it becomes like a thing again that's her chipmunk voice um but yeah so then freaky I, um, or wait, no, it wasn't Morning Glory that she was promoting. It was You and Me. Um, but yeah, and then Freaky is, like, my favorite. Uh, it, 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 it's so good. And I remember the choreography, like, there's something that, something so satisfying about, like, a lineup of girls, like, moving in, like, complete and total synchronicity and, like, also sort of moving as, like, a blob across the stage. I, I love that. Like, the sort of... everyone People will say Fosse. I don't know. Fosse really only did it in Sweet Charity. and I don't know. Um, God, every time I say f- the word Fosse, I remember the fucking farce on Drag Race. And, like, it was, like, an all-that-jazz-sounding song. And, like, they're like, we're gonna do the moving blob, like, Fosse. And it's like... That was from Sweet Charity in a completely different style. Like, that's not a completely different genre of music. Um, and, like, you're going to call yourself a theater queen and not know, like, the sort of, like, the key characteristics of Fosse's choreography. Like, the shoulders and just, like, the sort of way that people... It... Sorry. Sidetrack. Um, yeah. But then and there's also a point in the choreography for Freaky where, like, they have their hair up for like the first part of it and there's this uh, um lyric like let our hair down and they all take their hair down in unison and it's fucking incredible um love that so then in 2017 so in january 2017 um i've mentioned a couple of times this group named clc um they were um, a girl group under Cube Entertainment that debuted in 2015 um, with a cuter concept. They wanted to go in a different direction. However, A, once like 4 Minute disbanded, they could go in more of a girl crush concept because they didn't, they weren't like worried about competition, which is honestly sort of misogynistic, but that's a different story. Um, and also just like the more the cuter um, concept just proved not to be super viable, commercially viable for them, especially because like they debuted the same year as like, oh, my girl lovelies and twice like that cute concept was never going to do well. Um, and they also wasted the star power of uh, Soren, who had been on K-pop star. Anyway, doesn't matter. 2017, they rebranded and guess how they rebranded. Yep. Um, they took on four minutes. It basically became like a continuation of um, that third phase of four minutes career where they went in that sort of like fashion hip hop sort of trappy situation. 
Um, and they released the song Hobgoblin. And Hyena was heavily involved in that release. Honestly, maybe to the detriment of her own career as an as a performer. Um, she co-wrote, she was like an advisor on it. Like some of the CLC girls have talked about like how she, you know, how much she helped and like how how much they like interacted with her with this release. Um and so you know, that was the first clear indication that we got that Hiano was really involved in sort of artist development and direction at Cube, um, which will become a bit of an issue later. Um, and then, and I want to say like April, she released um, a song called Babe or Bebe, if you're a Korean. Um, this did not do particularly well for her. This charted at 13. Um, again, like, you know, like I said, like, this was not a super commercially viable part of her career, but she was making up for it elsewhere, helping get, like... Hobgoblin was the first time anyone noticed CLC. Like, CLC was a non-player in the industry. And, like... Hobgoblin was their most financial was their most like commercially successful um release to that up to that moment. Um so, you know, she was making up for it elsewhere, but you know, the music that she was releasing was not doing super well commercially and also she didn't need to. She had earned them so much money over the previous 8 years, like give her a fucking break. Um because this is more of an art house song, if we're going to be honest. Um, and I want to believe, I want to say Edon from Pentagon at this point. We still, that's still how we know him. Um, co-wrote the song. I know he worked on the, um, EP. Um, this is one of my favorite releases from Hyena. And also it raises some questions. Like, the content, the lyric, the lyrical content of the song is a little unsettling. It's about, you know, being sort of infantilized. I, it's, there's a lot to unpack there. And I don't know Korean well enough to unpack it because sometimes the translations are a little uh, rough and you miss some context. And like I talked about that with the Eurovision um, second semifinal video or podcast as well, where like it just, you know, sometimes you do miss like the, a lot of context when it's translated. But from what I understand, it's like sort of about infantilization and or like being sexualized at a young age, which she was. Go back and watch Irony. She was a she was minor. <laughs> she had no business wearing some of those clothes. It was very sexualized for young for children being that young. And like honestly, Wonder Girls had to course correct. Um, their next single was Tell Me. It was sort of a retro seventies vibe, cuter vibe, and like very different concept. Um. And then after that, she joined a new subunit called Triple H. With Hui and Edon from Pentagon. Um, they released the song 365 Fresh. It charted at 81, which is about on par with where Pentagon was at the time, because Pentagon wasn't charting. <laughs> um, this was also like the 10th anniversary of her, of her debut with um, Wonder Girls. Um, and so this was also sort of a commemorating situation for them. Um, oh shit, I'm looking at the timing of something else. Oh, um, anyway, so, yeah, Triple H, 365 Fresh, 
it was like a fun concept it was good um i enjoyed it um and their chemistry was great particularly hannah and hannah and uh Edan. and then hui was there on the side and he was like playing along but yeah also the promotions for this were really fun um I'd never really watched like Hyena promotions before and um, particularly uh, Weekly Idol, the video of them doing like the random dance is one of my favorite things to watch in the world where Hyena like very clearly does not know the choreography, but she is standing her ground and telling them that it is right and she is fighting with them and then Edon calls her out on it. <laughs> It is the funniest thing I have ever seen in my life. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, Triple H, the Success Fresh, uh, put a pin in that. Um, so, she later released Lip and Hit. Which is sort of my favorite, is one of my favorites. I keep saying that. You know what? Just assume that every song that she releases is one of my favorites at this point. Um, but I really do love Lip and Hip. Lip and Hip sort of touched back on um, sort of like that red style. Um, very bright. Like the sound was sort of similar. Um, it was very sexualized, but in a sort of... Um, empowered feminist way if that makes sense sort of like own it's sort of taking ownership where you know um babe could be interpreted as sort of infantilization or sexualization of a minor um lip and hip is very much embracing your sexuality as an adult and taking power in it um and then in 2018 she had um she released a song with, um, she released a song with, uh, Triple H called Retro Future. Um, I don't remember the song very well. I remember not liking it a lot, but, um, this would end up being her last, uh, release under Cube, um, and her last release for nearly two years. Um... So, during promotions for this, it was reported that Hyanna and Idan were um, in a relationship. Cube, of course, denied it. And Hyanna and Idan were having none of it. And circumvented, the, circumvented it and confirmed it themselves. Which promptly led to them being dropped from Cube. Let's put this in perspective. Let's start with Edon, because Edon is sort of the less obvious situation here. Pentagon was struggling, like, hard. And they ended up releasing a song called, um... I can't remember it. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Shine. Um, and uh, 
it didn't do super well to begin with, but then it started to pick up steam and they're invited back and it remains their highest charting song to date. Um, honestly, by orders of magnitude, because it charted at 27 and the next highest charting song is 60. Um, so do with that what you like. Um, so Shine was co-written by Idon and Hui, um, and produced by those two as well as, uh, as well as a, uh, um, an actual like production group. Um, and also Idon was sort of the standout performer. Um, he might have been the center of the group. I'm not super sure, but it felt like the group was like on a certain trajectory and they dropped the most popular and successful member. And then with Hena, like I said, like she was keeping them afloat at this point because I think G Idol might have um just really just debuted at this point. Um because I remember so they debuted in May. And then this went down in August, and suddenly a couple weeks later, they really was releasing a project single that like out of the blue. Um, so, you know, Hiana, nobody on nobody else at the agency was doing anything commercially successful. It was really being kept afloat by Hiana, and Hiana also said like, "I have put in so much work for you, and you're going to drop me like this? Like, absolutely fucking not." Um. And it was, like, kind of a scandal. But at the same time, you can't help but look back on this and see sort of a shift in the attitudes towards idols dating. Because part of why, you know, the dating bands are sort of... They're dating bands in K-pop. And they're sort of positioned as... uh, you need to be putting your energy into the group and not your personal life. Um, but the reality of the matter is that it, up until fairly recently, they really were selling their idols as sort of products and sort of objects of fans' um, affection. Um, you can't do that if, that if they're in a relationship. And since it's become pretty standard to... Um, for idols to sort of date most of them still do it in secret but you know when i two idols are dating now it's not like an immediate outright um outright uh rejection or um outright um ooh words um it's not like an outright denial um that they're dating it's either yes they're dating it's a personal life fuck off or it's like or they won't comment on it and just be like this is their private lives not our business we don't care um which is a big shift since 2018 if we're going to be honest um and i think that this is ha- that this had like a large impact and honestly like kenna and don became sort of an it couple um and then they both signed with size agency P Nation. Um, 
This is like both a good and bad decision. I do think that Sai was probably really the only one that was going to give Dawn a chance. So after Dawn, after Edon was dropped from Cube, he just became Dawn. That's his stage name. I don't know. I don't like it. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, he uh. So yeah, Sai signed both of them, and Hyanna. They didn't release music until the end of twenty nineteen. So I want to say the scandal um, with Hyanna and Dawn happened around the middle of the year. Um, and then uh, the middle of the year in 20, uh, in 2018. Yeah, so it was around July or August 2018 and um, they didn't release music until... October or November. No, it was November of 2019 because it was right after Halloween. Um, and she came back with the song Flower Shower. Um, this was a commercial failure. <laughs> um, it... I really like the song. It is very much not her. But it was also sort of what she needed to do following the scandal. Um, sort of reintroduce her in a new in a new light. And so it was a very feminine, very, you know, it was a very feminine, very soft concept and about just like, um, and just sort of like staying positive and stuff like that. It's a nice song and it was what she needed and it was a good response to everything that had happened. Dawn released basically the opposite saying, I'm strong. It was sort of a darker concept, but, um, it was a song money, um, and it was about rejecting that and like feeling trapped and like finding power and rejecting um, the money of it all. So, you know, that was good. And Flower Shower charted at 54. It didn't do super well. Um, and it had sort of a short promotional period. But the song and video remain sort of a highlight to me of her career because she, uh, it was her. It was her in a way that we had not seen her before. And a, and it was her in a way that felt um, authentic. Um, so it was a good sort of, it was a good commercial failure. And then she took 2020 off. And I want to say she was meant to release something at the end of 2020. Um, and she was not able to because the fainting spell started again. Um, so she was supposed to release, um, her first EP under P Nation. Um, so she was meant to release that in like the beginning of 2020, but, um, she was supposed to release a, um, she was supposed to release something in August. She was supposed to release a pre-release in August. Sorry, I'm rambling. Um... She was supposed to release the song Good Girl in August as a pre-release, and she started having the fainting spells. So we got the teasers, we got the promotions and everything, but then all of a sudden, right before, she was like, I gotta go. Um, which is good on her. Like, she prioritizing your health is important, which is, like, another change in the industry. Although, again, her leaving Wonder Girls sort of sparked some of that change as well. Like, she cha there's some changes to the within the industry 
on a large scale that she helped sort of put in motion. The way that they sort of confront physical health issues and mental health issues and relationships. Like, um, so, and honestly, I'm really sad that we didn't get a promotional period for um, Good Girl because it is one of my, I gotta stop saying that. I fucking love um, Good Girl. I like it better than the title track that we got, which like, okay, granted. So, I am one of those people where I'm able to separate my personal preferences from like, what's going to do well as a single. And so where Good Girl is my favorite song on the album, on the EP, and like, I really wanted to see have promotional period for that. I can acknowledge that it probably would not have done as well as I'm Not Cool, which is a title track that we got. Um, and so, you know, I personally am disappointed that we didn't get a, get um, Good Girl promotions, but I'm Not Cool, I want to say, is probably what her career needed. Um, it only charted at number nine. So, you know, still not fantastic. But um, it's good. It's, you know... It, it was her first top 10 since 2014. Yeah, no, 2016, sorry. With Roll Deep. Um, or not Roll Deep, How's This. Oh my god, I'm losing it. It was her first top 10 since How's This in 2016. And so, you know, it was sort of a necessary, like, brand correction for her. Um, because it did sort of fall in the same vein as read although it did take less of a sexy approach to it but it did really well and like actually like every friend that i've sent the song to fucking loves it so it's a good song um but yeah no it was it was what she needed for her career but then that was not sustained because her next release was ping pong with dawn um which started at 101 because it, it took the weird concept but almost to like a cartoonish level that didn't do super well. And I think part of that was with Don. Don is an incredible artist. I don't see him really as a K-pop idol. And I think that that's sort of being acknowledged now that he signed like a smaller agency. He's not doing like the big productions and stuff. It's just him as an artist. And he has, he has such a good and clear vision. He, I love, you know, watching, I love listening to his music. I love watching his videos. He has a hand in everything. His style is incredible. I take inspiration from his makeup. Like, he is it. But I do understand his lack of commercial appeal. Um, and that's on full display with Ping Pong because coming off of, the off of the success of I'm Not Cool, you know, this should have done well. And it didn't. Um, and then finally, her, her latest release was in 2012 with Navilera. Um, This was not a popular song. This charted at 147, which is the lowest a Hiena title track has ever charted um, by orders of magnitude. But, you know, this is when we start seeing the cracks start to form with their um, with her relationship with P Nation. Um, there were already sort of complaints about her lack of promotion, especially because she was like, you know, she was one of the artists that helped sort of legitimize P Nation and they just sort of paid her dust. And so I'm sure that there are some solvency issues there because it's a smaller agency and, you know, it felt like Sai sort of went, like, all in right away, which is never really how to run a business. Like, you want to make a splash, but, like, make a sustainable splash. Um, and lack of promotions and, like, also just, like, some weird direction. 
And like that was also part of that was ping pong and Nabulera was a profoundly weird song and a profoundly weird video, but also I fucking love them. Even like the weirdest and like she clearly wasn't super comfortable with the concept. Um, I really like the song as well. Um, sort of the I'm yours, but like not totally. So like back the fuck off me it me like do you not you know if it's me in a relationship i'm i'm yours but like give me space but also like i need my life and also this needs to be open but that's i don't think that's what she was talking about um <laughs> i think she was just talking about freedom um but you know it was a good song i i, I again i can separate my preferences from commercial um, from commercial uh, viability. And I can look at the song and say that it's not a commercially viable song. Um, so that was her last release under P Nation. Um, after that, I mean, pretty soon after, right before that, I think actually Jesse, who is like best friends with Hiana and Don, left P Nation. She was another like original signee. Um, and then right after this, after these, um, right after this release, she and Dawn both left P Nation. Um, and I want to say there are rumors of her joining, um, one of Jay Park's um agencies um because i think jay park has two um there's aomg and there's one other um but there were rumors of that uh prior there were rumors of that prior to her signing with um prior to her signing with uh p nation um but if she does go with like a j with jay park it's going to be interesting to see because they definitely do more urban leaning music there. And so it would be leaning more into like the babe or um, like the babe or how's this or roll deep kind of vibe. And honestly, like that is where I love Hyanna. So I'm like, I would be really happy with that. Um, but you know, only time will tell. Um, but, you know, we reached the end of this little journey. Um, hopefully you're still with me. <laughs> but, you know, it's easy for me to get distracted talking about Hyanna because, like, she is one of my favorite artists. I really do love her. I was preparing for this and I was living, going back and listening to all of her music with, you know, even, like, with um, 4 Minute and Troublemaker and Triple H and everything. There, there are a few duds there, but they're typically duds that she didn't really have a whole lot to do with. But, you know, she is, like, I think one of the most engaging, and she pushed so many limits. She pushed, she pushed boundaries in terms of, like, sexiness and expression of sexiness within K-pop. And, you know, when she put her health, prioritized her health by dropping out of, um, dropping out of Wonder Girls and postponing her release with, um, her, uh, well, this ended up canceling her pre-release, but um, postponing her release of her first EP under um, P Nation to really, like, the boundary she broke with the relationship with Dawn. Um, you know, it K-pop relationships aren't 
traditionally super well regarded and honestly typically pretty hated and for her and Dawn to then be a power couple after all that mess was like a really major step forward and it really did set some changes in motion in the way that k-pop agencies handle um handle relationships now and dating scandals um they're not career ending anymore so you know and it really shaped the way that idol that um fans viewed idol relationships um and really sort of the entire uh paradigm of fan idol interactions and um relationships so there was a lot going on here but you know at the end of the day she is a consequential artist in terms of musical impact in terms of social impact and in terms of industry impact um and she deserves more praise for that honestly but um thank you for listening to this like ramble about hyena i talked for over an hour i did not plan on that um you know i don't know if i'll be back next week with an episode um the next this upcoming week is super busy for me um but you know keep up with me on social media all right thank you for listening bye